Today's scripture message uh, comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me the word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the, the star, that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. On this New Year's Day, we get to hear once more the familiar story of Christmas. Some of you may wonder why we are still listening to this Christmas story. But as we know from our beloved, our, one of our beloved carols, there are 12 days of Christmas. Technically, we are still in the season of Christmas right now, which goes until the end of January 5th. And today is the seventh day of Christmas. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven what? I had to uh, sing this song with my child multiple times. It's, it's a mouthful song. Like It's rough, tough. Seven swans are swimming. And what comes after the season of Christmas on, 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 the, on January 6th is we call Epiphany, the season of Epiphany. Again, begins on January 6th and goes all the way to Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. The word Epiphany can be defined as an intimate, uh, an immediate and meaningful understanding of something, or we simply call it maybe revelation. When we find and discover what this something, uh, when, we, when we find and discover what this something is for ourselves, that's when we have our epiphany moment. As a literary term, epiphany is this aha moment, when we suddenly struck with a life-changing realization which changes the rest of our story. 
And this word epiphany is tied to today's story from Matthew. When the, when the three wise men had their aha moment. The story is that these wise men, or also known as, uh, as, the, as the Magi or the three kings, they studied this mysterious star and believed that the king of the Jews was born. And they traveled all the way to Jerusalem to ask about this astronomical event that pointed to the birth of the Messiah. And this news got into the ears of King Herod. And King Herod and all Jerusalem were frightened by this news. So King Herod decided to use the wise men to track this baby down, giving them an order to go and search diligently for this child and report back the whereabouts of this baby boy so he could pay him homage. I guess the three wise men didn't really find King Herod's order suspicious. They simply went out on a journey again to Bethlehem, following the star, and finally found the place where the child was born. Upon founding the house, we are told that they are overwhelmed with joy. They entered the house, saw this child with his mother Mary. They knelt down and paid him homage, offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And after this, instead of going back to Jerusalem, they decided to go back to their own country by another road because they had been warned in a dream not to return to King Herod. The significance of this story is twofold. First, this story validates and fulfills many things from the prophets of the Old Testament. Today's lesson quotes a scripture from Micah, how the, one, how the one who shepherds Israel was born in the town of Bethlehem, this small town called Bethlehem. It also fulfills the scripture from Isaiah on how gifts of gold and frankincense would be brought to Zion, as well as Psalm on how kings would come bearing gifts of gold to the Lord. And what does this mean of this fulfillment? By the way, that's Matthew's favorite word fulfilling. This means that there is this connection between God's covenant in the Old Testament and the incarnation of Jesus Christ to make clear God's faithfulness and steadfastness all along throughout Israel history. And this connection, this fulfillment is an overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly joyful news to Israel that the long-promised Messiah, the Savior, has come, has really come to them. It's a great news to Israel. And the second point, second point to this story is that this is not only the good news to Israel, but also a good news, the good news to people outside of Israel. This news, this joyful news, extends all the people outside of Israel. I think that's us. And that is represented in the wise men who came all the way from the east, who received the sign of the star and came all the way to Bethlehem to receive and to celebrate and worship this Christ, baby Christ, 
as foreigners, as Gentiles, as non-Jews. What does this mean? That this amazing news of Savior coming to us is not just for the people of Israel, but also even for us. The Messiah is born even for us. And this good news was neither something we had to discover on our own nor something we had to fight for. We, in the representation of the wise men, were simply invited at no cost to come and see the Messiah through the sign of a star. And not only are we invited, but we are also sent out, again by the direction of God who guides us always. Through the sign of their dream, the three wise men were sent out to their journey to be witnesses, to share this overwhelmingly joyous news to people like us, that we too are invited into this promise of the Savior. I've been here for now six months, and most of you know that I'm a pastor's kid. And to be a pastor's kid, in the Methodist tradition means we get to move around a lot. We call this an itinerant lifestyle. And this meant that I was constantly a new kid on the block while growing up, almost every, once every two years. Some of you may relate to this, but the most awkward moment as a new kid on the block is your very, your very first lunch hour at school. You have no idea where to sit or who to sit with. Growing up, I've had both good and bad experiences of navigating such a situation in school cafeterias. And what I've ultimately learned through those experiences is the power of invitation without merit. Hey, why don't you come sit with us? Hey, why don't you come sit with us? And I believe my positive experiences in those situations have formed me to do the same to others, both as a youth and as an adult, and now as a pastor. Learning how to invite others, learning how to make a space for others, and learning how to foster a space where others may feel welcome. And I've also had chances to hear some of your stories here at St. Stephen's, how some of you have joined this church membership because of those personal invitations. Hey, why don't you come join us? Why don't you worship with us? Hey, why don't you sit with us? And I've noticed that those who shared their stories with me remember exactly who, where, and how they were personally invited. And I also thought it was interesting how much effort they are putting to do the same now for others, volunteering to serve others in inviting and welcoming them here at St. Stephen's. I know the people who shared these stories with me are here, but I'm not going to call them out. But I thank you for your stories, your testimonies, the power of invitation. And the season of Epiphany is the celebration of this invitation, this exact message of, hey, why don't you come 
sit with us? Why don't you come celebrate with us? Why don't you come to this table of joy, peace, love, and hope? Why don't you come join, sit at this table where God shares his only begotten son with us? It is a celebration of God's invitation, revealing God's Son also to us outside of Israel and including us also into the building of God's kingdom. Both Christmas and Epiphany are celebrations of God's unmerited love for each one of us. God is with us, and yes, even with me. On this New Year's Day, as we anticipate something both known and unknown in 2023. I know we are anticipating something. We are expecting something to happen this coming year, both uh, that excites us and also maybe something that terrifies us. I was recommended by uh, my, our, my lead pastor, Spencer, uh, that I should at least mentioned once from the pulpit uh, that we are expecting a second child this coming year. So there's that. I'm done. I'm done talking about that. Uh, uh, But he said, if I don't share, then they're going to just look at Grace funny. But we are all anticipating something this year. Something known, both known and unknown something both that excites us and terrifies us. And as we enter into this new year, I hope we we remember two things. The first is that all of us are here because of the power power of invitation. We are here, all of us are here because of the power of invitation. Really, none of us are members of this church. We are all Visitors, invitees, those who, who are invited to this church and to this faith called Christianity. All of us are here because of the power of invitation. And the second thing is that God's invitation for us and others continues and never ceases. Again, God's invitation for us and others continues and never ceases. To those who are fearful and anxious, Christ invites you to his table. To those who are heartbroken and downtrodden, Christ invites you to his table. To those who are dazed and confused, Christ invites you to his table. To to those who are lost in the current of our society, Christ invites you to his table. To those who are lonely and without hope, Christ invites you to his table. To those who yearn for community and acceptance, Christ invites you to his table. To all of us who begin this new year with whatever baggage we bring with, we may bring, Christ invites us to his table. The psalmist sings in chapter 26, Surely goodness and mercy shall chase after me all the days of my life, 
and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Surely goodness and mercy will chase after me, pursue me. May we recognize this year, 2023, that God's love pursues us, chase after us relentlessly, that God continues to invite us, invite each one of us through Christ to his table to, to let us know that God is with us, Emmanuel, always. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.